Hi, this is Miguel from the acclaimed sketch comedy troupe, Tony Ho. We're back for a brand new season. Tell them the name. You have to tell them the name of the season. I'm, I was just about to tell them that it, we the only name. have 30 seconds. We I know. The name of the new season is Old Young, young people. people. And tell yep. them about and the other podcast, chock full too. Of all, yeah, I'm going to tell the them about the other group, podcast. Old Young People. There's a bonus help podcast. Tony Ho podcast, too, that with comes celebrities. Up with this called Tony Ho. Called Help Tony Ho. We're out of time. Tony Ho Season 3, available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. To the Bank of Canada, enough is enough. This is a very, very serious matter. We're not serious. Let's be serious. I did everything right and they indicted me. Because news. Gavin Crawford. I am Gavin Crawford. Welcome to Because News, Canada's funniest news quiz. A Delta Airlines flight reportedly had to turn around mid-flight and land because a passenger experienced diarrhea, quote, all through the aircraft. After much negative press, Delta is trying to put a positive spin on the story by unveiling their new slogan, You Smelta, You Delta. Over the next 30 minutes, we'll be making games out of the news. Let's welcome this week's panel. They hitched a ride out of Burning Man with Diplo and Chris Rock, and they didn't get to pick the music once. It's the very alkaline Adjonis Charlie. Thank you. Thank you. Glad you made it out. Yes, I have famous friends. Even though it's a faux pas for a panel to have anyone white after Labor Day, it's Alice Moran. If you're listening from home, I am quite pale. And finally, she is like that passenger on the Barcelona flight, only what she's spreading all throughout the show is verbal diarrhea. It's the always chatty Martha Javis. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, I knew you wouldn't mind that. The woman at the Starbucks, uh, she asked me my name. I said, Martha, she she wrote Mouta. <laughs> <laughs> All right, panel, are you ready? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Then let's begin. Here is the news, the latest news. This week, roughly 6 million kids piled back into 15,000 schools for the first time in months. And you know what ensued? News. So much news, in fact, that we had to stick it on to our big lighty-up wheel. So let's roll it on in and get ready to spin the news. Every year it gets more expensive. It's so big. Um, The wheel is covered with the names of provinces where schools and school boards are making headlines. Alice Moran, you are up first. Spin that wheel and prepare to be quizzed. Oh, what luck. You've landed on your home province of Alberta. Okay. Alice, in Peace River, Alberta, a group of Catholic schools made headlines after announcing plans to install a certain type of detector into their schools. What are these Catholic schools hoping to detect? Demons? Demon. It's a very, very concerned that, you know, you're going to be led astray all the time. There's so many rules. It's hard to keep track of it. The easier would be just don't let the demons in to tempt you, you know? Uh, that is a very good guess. Incorrect for the steel, Adjanis. Did they install a spirit detector to find the Holy Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> no, because the Holy Ghost is everywhere. Oh. 
It's hard to calibrate. It yeah. is, it is. Martha? Well, you know, I grew up in Catholic school. So I know that nuns are obsessed with three things. Virginity, lack of virginity, <laughs> and gum. <laughs> they are obsessed about gum. They hate it when you chew gum. And I used to chew gum with bovine intensity. <laughs> but they hate it. I don't know why they hate it so much, you know, maybe because when they stretch it out of their mouth, it's pink and it looks like a lady. I have no idea about <laughs> And also, I think they wanted to detect Protestants. <laughs> A headline from the Calgary Herald reads, Alberta School Board installs vape detectors to stop oh. kids vaping in bathrooms. How do they detect? Like you, you, you inhale the vape, right? And then like, depending on the intensity of your cough. Jonas, do you know how the vape detectors work? I think it just asks you who your favorite YouTuber is. And if you have any answer at all, it automatically goes off. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably right. Eight schools will be outfitted with the detectors at a total cost of $80,000. According to CBC News, the devices detect particulates and then send a message to the phone of administrators who can investigate. Vaping as in cannabis or vaping cigarettes? I think it's just vaping anything. <laughs> That's how my sister sounds when I talk... <laughs> That's the sound of vape. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how that goes. Yep. That's exactly the sound that goes. So that's the way that they find it. When you get... If you are a student found guilty of vaping, what kind of sentence will you get? Well, it's Catholic school, so hell? <laughs> <laughs> they will have the rape confiscated and their parents will be called. Mm-hmm. If you're caught vaping more than once, it's a three-day suspension. What exactly is it about vaping that's keeping students from God? Because I think you can be pretty Christian and still vape. I don't think it says, like, there's no 11th commandment that says, thou shall not vape. It's because the priests, they have the thing, you know, like, that's the vape. vaping thing. That's yeah. vape, the, the smoke, you know. What's the word for that? Somebody's got to know the word million, for that. Incense? Like the, the incense, yeah. Incense. They're burning purse. Christians were the first to vape. Yeah, they were the first to vape. They can't allow uh, the kids to vape in the Catholic schools because if every time the white cloud comes out, they just think they got a new pope. A new pope, yeah. <laughs> it scares everybody that the pope died. <laughs> Let's uh, move on with the educational stories now that the Catholics are mad. Martha Chavez, give that wheel a spin. You've landed on Ontario, Martha, where the public school curriculum has been updated. Most notably, one subject is being brought back after 17 years in the wilderness. For the point, what old-timey class is being taught once again? Well, I cheated a little bit. I heard it on the news. They are going to start teaching them coursing. Cursing, and uh, I think that's a, that's a great, uh, you know, like in these days of the apocalypse, people have to learn how to properly curse. You know, like the, the, the Martha, cursing thing. I think you're thinking of cursive. Yes. A John cursive. Charlie for the boy. Cursive. A headline reads, Cursive writing returns to Ontario schools this fall, and people don't know how to feel. Yeah, that's a headline that I go, huh. And yeah. that's the end of my feelings. <laughs> do any of you use cursive? I do. Oh. I do. And as a matter of fact, my penmanship is beautiful. My penwomanship is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's like the nuns taught me. 
You know, like they, they, they were obsessed. That's what's another thing that they were obsessed with. It's a shame now. And it's a shame that no one can read it Nobody anymore. Nobody can read it. I was actually taught cursive. Maybe the last generation to be taught cursive. I am the last person on earth to know what cursive is, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it's useful or helpful. I, it does make my wedding invitation or like birthday card game hit different. Like Mm. my birthday cards are beautiful. Yes. I'm writing dear Martha in the most gorgeous handwriting. And I do think that's useful, but I still can't tell the difference between the letter Z and F. And that drives me crazy. (laughs) The letter Z in cursive is doing some crazy curves that should not be legal. No. I will say that. People say that about me. (laughs) (laughs) Ajanis, give the wheel a spin. Okay. Three, two, one. (laughs) Oh, you have landed on Saskatchewan. For the point panel, what new policy are Saskatchewan teachers being forced to implement this year? No making fun of the name Regina. No more puns, no more similes, nothing. Didn't they make their own slogan, Regina, the city that rhymes with fun? They did. And there was a bit of a backlash. (laughs) Unsurprisingly. Alice? Uh, You can only have seven kids named Connor per class. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's going to hit hard. Martha. Well, this one I know. Let's say if a child decides to change their pronoun or, or their name without their parent knowledge, they will inform the parents. That's yeah. a point for you. A point for me. Uh, yes, definitely. The Canadian Press headline reads, Saskatchewan government says schools must seek parental consent for name and pronoun change. Gross. Whatever happened to letting kids have some agency, for one? This is a thing that hurts no one. I wanted to go by the name DJ Funkmaster Flex in all of grade six. Um, it, it, it didn't take. It didn't take. But it would have been fun. And, and honestly, instead of this policy, can we take some steps towards instituting a policy that forces teachers to pronounce our names correctly first? <laughs> because that's something that actually hurts. I had a teacher in grade four who read the attendance and misread my name and thought it was Arthur. (laughs) And I'm non-confrontational, so I said nothing. I was like, Arthur is here. Arthur is present. And I had an alter ego for that entire year. Oh, my God. How do you feel, Martha? (laughs) Well, you know something? I I am a busybody. I want to know everything. I want to know everything about my kids, your kids, my sister's kids, everybody's kids, because there are dangers lurking out there. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you have to realize if a child is not telling the mother that they want another name or they want another pronoun, it's because their mother must be a witch. (laughs) And you have to, I think you have an obligation to protect the child. You see, because I I was uh, sent to Canada because of suspicion of uh, indulging in the sapphic arts, if you will. Because <laughs> I don't want to say in what, because they are children. So uh, that's when my mother decided to send me to, to, to Canada away to separate me from the alleged person that I was having a, a fling with. I was so young, I was 17. So there are some children that they lose their house and they lose everything. This is serious. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are some children whose parents are monsters. 
And that's why I think you better protect the child. Yeah. Well said. And also, you, it, uh, I will just point out, you actually can say lesbian because this isn't Florida. Ah. <laughs> Saskatchewan is the second province to implement this policy, which was the first province. Oh, is it Alberta? So, no. Oh, oh goodness. On the bright side, no. Is it like British Columbia, but the catch is... The parents also have to change their own pronouns or something. <laughs> like, it's super progressive. It's too progressive. <laughs> no, it was in fact New Brunswick. New Brunswick oh. was the first. Can you guess the name of this policy? The copycat from Florida policy. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to learn its name just out of respect. I'm just. I refuse to call it by whatever it wants to be called. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's good. It is actually policy 713, but that could change if it gets parental permission. <laughs> There we go. I'm Gavin Crawford. This is Because News with Martha Chavez, Jonas Charlie, and Alice Moran. Yeah. Yay! Do your clapping skills go unappreciated? Stop hiding your light from the world and get free tickets to join our studio audience. Coming up in the next few weeks, we got Scott Thompson, Jan Caruana, and Emma Hunter. Woo! I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretab. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretab. Uh, I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. Howard, That's you... the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Panel, it is time for a headline hacker. This week's hacked headline comes in the form of a trailer for a long-running franchise. Have a listen and see if you can suss out the news story behind this hotly anticipated spinoff. In the fast food industry, the people are served by two separate yet equally important groups. The teens who take your orders and the teens who make your orders. <laughs> These are their stories. From Dick Wolf, creator of Law & Order, Law & Order SVU, and Law & Order Toronto, comes a juicy new series, Law & Can I Take Your Order? <laughs> nice. Coming to food court rooms this fall. <laughs> yeah. Panel, this week spelled legal trouble for someone who turned out to be not as thick and juicy as advertised. <sighs> It's me. Who, <laughs> who, besides Alice, is not nearly as thick and juicy as they claim? It has to be food. It does. Food. It has to be food. Based on the clue, it is food. Burger King and their Whopper. You are correct for the point. <laughs> it is Burger King. The CTV headline reads, Burger King must face lawsuit claiming its Whoppers are too small. Oh, that feels like a review of somebody's grinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> the class action lawsuit alleges that the Whopper was made to look 35% larger in ads. Can you guess or imagine the exact legalese used in the lawsuit to describe how the burger appears in commercials? Limp. 
No. I'm not sure about the, the legalese, but I feel like the courtroom would be like, in the burger's defense, it shrivels up when it gets cold. Uh, Martha, any ideas? Well, I mean, in America, at least they use the word when they say that's a big whopper, it's a, it's a lie. So, you know, it's a, like, how can they tell you the truth? That's a like, very good legal defense for them to be like, we called it the whopper for yeah, a reason. Yeah, that's a whopper of a lie. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like they get boxes they, of meat and they just re- write meat outside so they can say it's 100% meat, but who knows it can be cardboard. Yeah, it's like not necessarily their milkshakes, but there are certain places that call their milkshakes shakes because there's not legally enough milk in the product to say milkshake. Yeah, but you can tell if it's a real milkshake if it brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah! Pow! Um, They say the patty and ingredients overflow over the bun when in fact they do not. In reality, they underflow under the bun. And that is now legalese. The plaintiff's claims are false, Burger King told the BBC. Who do you believe? Well... As a staunch monarchist, I'm. <laughs> I'd like to side with the king on this one. Personally, though, I want to say I do personally think that the Whopper is getting smaller and smaller from personal experience. I've been eating so many of them strictly for science. And it used to be a Whopper, but now it's kind of just a whimper. So That literally is the heart of the lawsuit. Uh, people yeah. alleging that the Whopper is, in fact, getting smaller. Except on the pictures, not. Well, you know something? I, I believe the, the people, but I don't believe that they were so gullible as to believe that the meat overflows from the bun. Well, that's also, it's never been. I've worked on a commercial for fast food, and there's someone whose job it is to make the food look good. A fluffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, there was once a commercial for a fast food company where they had to cut the end of the take and you can see that I threw up in my mouth right like they cut they cut but it's just me being like it's delicious but you can just see like just the beginning of me starting to retch and I'm like why did that make it to air (laughs) the same lawyer also has class action lawsuits pending against Taco Bell McDonald's and Wendy's the person appointed to go around fast food restaurants just you know like a Karen just going around no 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 no. this doesn't have enough meat honestly that sounds like a dream job (laughs) it's a Jonas actually Jonas is doing it there is not enough meat in here Uh, well yeah fast food producers are getting sued left right and center it's a tough time to be a food producer and not just in fast food Panel, farmers in Quebec are asking the provincial government for financial help so they can stay competitive. For a point, which Quebec crop needs a boost from the government? You, you, really, you really leaned into the word crop. So is it manufacturers of riding crops? <laughs> uh, it is not the riding Poor crop industry. Poor fetishists. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw a guess. Is it the pomme de terre? Uh, you're half right. It's just the palm. Oh. It is apples. The headline from the National Post reads, Quebec apple farmers want government help to modernize orchards. What oh. is so old-fashioned about Quebec's apple orchards? Just their views. <laughs> <laughs> you have a conversation with an apple and you're like, wow, dude, you really need to pick up a book. <laughs> <laughs> Jonas, any idea what's old-fashioned about Quebec's apple orchards? 
I have nothing uh, savory, I can say. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say it anyway, and we can forget about it promptly. Is it that they use... Is, is it slavery? <laughs> it is not. Okay, good, good. That's actually good. What it is is that Canadians' tastes are shifting, so the apples that the farmers are growing are not the type of apples Canadians like anymore. They need to oh. modernize their apples. The farmers want 30 million to change to new types of apples. According to the president of the Quebec Apple Farmers Association, how do modern consumers like them apples? In oh. vape pens? <laughs> so, so it means that the immigrants' apples are taking away all the jobs from the other they apples. Ah, hey, they are progressive in Quebec. Who would have thought? I think it's the wave of feminism. I think the Macintosh is dead and long live Granny Smith. Yeah. I mean, you're a bit right because it is the Macintosh that is kind of dead. Our tastes have changed and people want apples to be firmer and sweeter. Oh. They want mangoes. Yeah, they, <laughs> they want apples to be mangoes. Really you guys want mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> News. The Spanish Football League president, currently embroiled in a sexual harassment scandal, has just had Woody Allen speak up in his defense. Wow, what is Spanish for, hey, you're not helping? <laughs> Thank you. All right, get ready. Sports fans, something is changing in Ontario. After legalizing online sports betting just over a year ago, every game now seems rife with ads for gambling sites. It's kind of out of hand. I mean, have a listen to this. With every tap, a new legend is born. A chance to grab destiny. Because every bet has a potential for greatness. That's my papa. For the point, can you name the athlete urging folks to become a legend by gambling? Can you? Okay. Um, it was a man, so that narrows things down a little. Are you saying he's your papa as in you're related to him? Because I narrow. wish I would cry every single day. This is, is a hockey man. Yes. You got The it? greatest. Sidney Crosby. No, uh, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. You're correct, Yay! Martha Javis. That was indeed Wayne Gretzky. He's the brand ambassador for Bet MGM. One time, my brother and I were at a bar and Wayne Gretzky walked in and we spent like 10 minutes trying to figure out what to say to Wayne Gretzky. And I was like, I'm going to walk up to the bar and I'm going to say, hey, Wayne, can I buy you a shot? And he's going to say no. And I'm going to go, Wayne, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> yes, very good. But what actually happened is Wayne Gretzky came over to our table, put his hand on my brother's shoulder and said, hey, kid, nice jersey. And I went, huh. <laughs> and then I cried for two hours. <laughs> Gretzky, along with hockey stars like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, have been promoting sports gambling. Since its legalization in 2021, ads for sports betting have been uh, kind of a total free-for-all. But this week, a CBC headline read, Expect gambling ads to get more creative amid Ontario's stricter rules. What are the stricter rules? So for every time they show you like somebody whose life is great because of gambling, they have to show you five people <laughs> who ha are having a rough go. <laughs> no, that's not what they did. Any other ideas? They're banning celebrities. You are correct. Martha Chavez for the points. Oh. 
Uh, City News headline reads, Ontario to ban gambling commercials featuring athletes and celebrities. Hold up. I've been in ads for... This is me finding out that I'm not a celebrity. (laughs) This is is devastating. According to the fine print, the celebs affected by this ban all share one thing in common. What is it that they all share? Offshore bank account? (laughs) A sad story of gambling. Gambling addiction? No. Alice? Uh, An island you have to sign an NDA to go to? Incorrect. The correct answer is they all share youth appeal. The new rules are an effort to stop kids being influenced to gamble. The head of Canada Gaming Association says he's waiting to find out who qualifies as an athlete and who might appeal to kids. Mm. Have any of you ever uh, gambled on sports? Yes, a lot. Okay, biggest loss. Ooh, okay. Um, I made a bunch of money when it looked like Trump was going to win. I put all my money on Biden, and I made a bunch of money, and it sat in my account until this past spring when I lost it all on Leon Dreisaitl scoring one goal in a game, and it was a bad time for me. (laughs) And don't worry if you're listening at home. Alice is not encouraging kids to gamble because she has zero youth appeal. This week, I'm joined by panelists Martha Chavez, Jonas Charlie, and Alice Moran. Don't forget, you can see videos of our rounds on TikTok and Instagram. Your ears have been hogging the good times for too long. Get your eyes in on this action. Turning to financial news panel, a TikTok trend is making headlines and changing the way people think about money. Have a listen to finance blogger and TikToker Alyssa Davies. First up, if the Starbucks app is loaded, the coffee is free. If I didn't load it that day, it's free coffee. Second, if my favorite store is having a sale, I have to buy something or I'm actually losing money. (laughs) I think that's not mathematically correct. It's a fresh take on personal finances. For the point, what is the hashtag for this financial strategy? Hashtag late stage capitalism. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, girl math. You are correct for the point, Martha Chavez. It is hashtag girl math. Can anyone explain briefly what girl math is? Mm. When I take an Uber to the CBC, I'm thinking about that I don't want to climb up all the stairs at St. Andrew's subway because I'm going to break my back. And it's going to be more expensive for me to wreck my back. So, like, if I don't wreck my back, it justifies paying the Uber. That is basically it. (laughs) It is the mental gymnastics you do so you feel better about spending money. The headline from Fox News reads, Girl math, social media trend helps justify overspending habits. Yes. Here's another girl math video. If I was going to get my nails done for 500,000 rupiah, but I canceled last minute, now I have an extra 500,000 rupiah to spend. Yay! Girl math. <laughs> I honestly do not understand girl math. I'm non-binary. We only use decimals. So it's, <laughs> it's very confusing. Yeah, I mean, aside from the name girl math, to me it's more just fun math. That's what I would call it. But I mean, and obviously the trend is very tongue-in-cheek. Uh, Girl math doesn't follow the usual rules of arithmetic or finance. (laughs) Can you give me what you think would be some basic tenets of girl math? Okay, it's like I'm at this restaurant and I could 
buy this $25 glass of red wine, or I could just take a picture of the bottle, send it back, and then run to the LCBO, buy the whole bottle, bring it back to the restaurant, and sneak sips of it between bites. That feels like girl math to me. That that sounds like crime math. (laughs) I don't think I said anything illegal. Crime math. (laughs) They say cash is not real money, so if you pay with cash, it's free. If you buy something and then return it, that is considered a profit. Uh, yes. Paying for food does not count because you need food to survive. Yeah, but do you need that burrata? Oh, At girl, lunch? I need burrata. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I need my goat. I mean, the phrase girl math has an interesting origin story. Can you tell me who originally coined the phrase girl math? <sighs> Aristotle. <laughs> Alice? It's so, probably some guy with a podcast that I refuse to listen to. <laughs> it is actually the morning show at a New Zealand radio station. During the show, people call in about big purchases, and the hosts try to help them justify the expense using girl math. For example, here's them justifying somebody buying a $1,000 leather bag. Here's the math. I'll yes. do this for you. I have a Deadly Ponies handbag. What I've had for five years... So now you're at $200 a year. You're less than a dollar a day. Yeah. So it's a tote. How yeah. many ways can you use a tote? That's what I was just going to say. Supermarket. Bag, supermarket. Going away bag. Airplane oh, bag. That's a good one. Four bags in one. Yeah, so True. divide by four. So if we're looking it's at... $250 per bag. If you're using that every day for a year, <laughs> it's, you're literally being paid to use you're this being paid bag. To, it's <laughs> it's basically free. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It can carry things. It's portable. You can use it as a hat in an emergency. It's, it's great. So worth it. Do you think you're good with money? No. Yeah. I feel like increasingly it's... I'm going to die outside, aren't I? I'm never going to buy a home. I'm going to live in the woods like a witch. Oh, no, the woods are very expensive now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it's, it's actually, you can't even get a, a mortgage on a witch tree anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> you would be surprised what a witch tree goes for. It's Toronto, it's over a million. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, one ninety nine for just a, like, knot in an oak <laughs> tree. And it doesn't even come with a cauldron. <laughs> Sticking with TikTok trends with the word girl in the hashtag, the New York Times reported on another popular trend with this headline. Is it a meal? A snack? No, it's blank. Finish that headline if you can. It's not a meal. It's not a snack. It's hashtag what? Girl dinner. Girl Girl dinner. dinner. Wait, wait, wait. Let's harmonize. Girl Girl dinner. dinner. Sorry. (laughs) Let's see if you're correct about the hashtag. Girl. Girl For the point, define girl dinner. Okay, there's like something is crunchy, something is like a vegetable. You gotta gotta get like a dip in there. You basically wanna have a dinner that's like many textures, and maybe you eat them all separately, but maybe you just like put a bunch of texture in your mouth. Yes, and I believe anything could be made a girl dinner with enough Chardonnay on the side. Yes. Not not the 750 milliliter. Bottle. I'm talking large format Chardonnay, the 1.5 liter. Or you know what? Let's get a box. We're yeah. getting a box. They say uh, girl dinner is a plate of food made by one person for one person, usually when you're exhausted. Mm. The New York Times quoted it as chaotic and filling. Mm. 
think bread and cheese and gherkins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love a gherkin. It's kind of like creating a meal out of whatever you have on hand. No, but it definitely has like the there's different textures to it. That, that's a big part of it is mouth feel. That's so true. If there's no crunch, it's a man meal if there's no yeah. crunch. Like, like if, if it's, it's a mush, that's not a girl dinner. That's for but me. if you add a chip to it, it's girl dinner. Yes. Martha, do you make a lot of girl dinner? or? Yeah. Like those dinners that you make with the leftovers. Is that girl dinner? Yeah, we make a lot of girl dinner at home. What yeah. are you talking? Wait, isn't that like a, like something that you prepare on the on the sperm of a moment? No, or I mean... <laughs> yes, no, yes. Spur of a moment. Spur, like I have nothing to do with the other but thing. No, no, spur of the moment works because it's yeah. unplanned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That is it for this week's edition of Because News. Our champion this week is Martha Chavez. Congratulations, Martha. You have the honor of reading our credits. I am Gavin Crawford saying congratulations to Tim Hortons for launching its new online clothing shop. Wow, I can't wait to order a burnt shirt. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Why? Because News. Give it up for Martha Chavez. Hey, Canada, this is your amiga Marta Chavez, winner of Because News. Congrats to my runners-up, Alice Moran and Ajanis Charlie. Because News is written and produced by Elizabeth Bowie, David Carroll, Gavin Crawford, Fee Long, and Jess Klimowski. This week, they had help from Chris Siddiqui and John Blair. Rounding out the team, Erin Conway, Brownwyn Page, Diana Marcolin, Errol Gonzalez and our recorder engineer, Mr. Paul Hodge. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.